It's, um, it's wonderful, wonderful to be here, to be with friends. Uh, I said to Kirk, as I walked in, it just, it feels like home, which is, which is a wonderful experience to have when you come to church, to feel like this is a, a, a safe place, a comfortable place to be. Um, so it was just, it's just a gift to me to be able to worship here with you this morning, uh, to share a little bit of my story. Uh, not that my story is any more special or different, or different, but no more special than yours. It's just in a, a hope in a way that, that God will meet you and encourage you because I, I believe that's what he wants to do. I know that he's placed each of us in this time and place that we would reach for him and, and, and find him, discover he's not far from any one of us. So, so that's my heart as I share that you could meet God yourself in the midst of these words. And uh, I, I do give apology. My wife Tracy was, couldn't be here. She was, she's booked on the plane with me and then her, her daughter um, got sick on Thursday and then Tracy came down with this flu thing on Friday and so she just couldn't fly. So she's um, jealous that she's not here and would love to be here, but another occasion she'll join us. Um, always love an excuse to come to sunny Queensland. It's not a hard invitation to accept, so it's actually uh, my... Can, is this movable? I'd like it to go that way. It, all, it normally goes to my left when I talk. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thanks. I love it, by the way. That thing's amazing. So, um, yeah, sunny Queensland. I was, I was actually here in, uh, in, on New Year's Eve because my brother-in-law lives on the Gold Coast, and so we're with family for, for New Year's period. And on New Year's, New Year's Eve morning, uh, I went and played golf down on the golf on the Gold Coast, and and I, I teed off at like eight o'clock, and it was about 33 degrees already, and and about 120 percent humidity, and and I'm like, wow, and you, and you could just feel it in the air, like something's going to happen, and I don't know if it was up here, but that afternoon on the Gold Coast, we got like one of those massive thunderstorms that came, and it was hail, and it was raining, and the, the side of the house that flooded, and then this massive big gum tree in the backyard just collapsed, and luckily it fell away from the house, not onto the house, and, and then within an hour or so, it was all gone, you know, and we're surveying the damage, and we get... We get storms like that in Sydney, but a little bit different. We get like the southerly buster. I'm not sure if you get that here where we'll have a hot day and then all of a sudden the, the southerly will just come without notice, without warning and just, just go bang and the temperature drops from like 35 degrees to like 20 degrees in 15 minutes. And, and if you're at the beach, it's kind of interesting to watch because everyone, you know, there's this mass exodus as, towels and sand and beach umbrellas are like all mobile flying in the air and you know it's a little bit like that in life you know sometimes sometimes you can feel the storm coming right and sometimes you just kind of go wow where did that come from and then it's all havoc and a mess and you're left surveying the damage and trying to pick up the pieces my story is more like the southerly buster. Didn't see the storm coming. You know, 10 years ago, I was pastoring a church where Scott was an assistant with us, and um, he'd moved on by this stage, but he'd been there with us. We planted the church. It was a successful church plant. Grew to, you know, kind of 100 people or so, and loved what I was doing. Been married for 14 years at that time. I had Two young sons then, they were like three and 18 months. And, and I, was, 
I was liking my life. I was loving, loving work, loving pastoring and loving being married and loving learning what it was to be a dad. And, and then kind of the storm came and you didn't realise it was a storm. I was, I was doing what I do every morning and I was opening the scriptures and I was reading through the book of Isaiah. And, and I got up to the 51st chapter, kind of read a little bit every day. And I've got to be perfectly honest with you here, like... I wasn't like getting into this book every day of Isaiah and just going, oh God, this is so good, I'm loving it. It was, it was a bit of a trudge, to be honest. There's a lot of history in there and I'm just kind of reading it more out of obedience. But I'm sitting on my couch and I'm, I open the book to where I'm up to and I read this verse in Isaiah 51.3. It says, the Lord will surely comfort Zion. And we'll look with compassion on all of her ruins. He will make her deserts like Eden, her wastelands like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her, thanksgiving and the sound of singing. Just visit it one more time. The Lord will surely comfort Zion and will look with compassion on all of her ruins. He will make her deserts like Eden, her wastelands like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her thanksgiving and the sound of singing. You know, I read that verse just sitting on my couch by myself. And as I read that verse, it's like God turned up in the room. And I wasn't expecting him. And he spoke to me in a, in a way that was, it was so clear. It was like the whole room changed. I wish he'd speak that clear to me all the time. But on this occasion, without notice, he, he said... David, that's not history. That's who I am. I'm the restorer of ruins. And I was like, wow, God, that's awesome. And of course, I put my own interpretation onto what that means, right? I'm like, wow, that's got to mean my finances. God, that's where, that's got to, you know, I'm in the Sydney housing market. We're trying to get a mortgage. God, that's got to be what you're going to do. Two weeks later, I was sitting on that same couch and my wife of 14 years told me that it's done. There's no life here anymore. I knew we were kind of in a hard place. I thought we were just working through it. But what was a hard place for me was a lifeless place for her and, and there was no coming back. There was no recovery. There was no restoration. It was just ruins. And at that point, I went from being married for 14 years to becoming a single male father, from being a, a pastor and heading in a direction of career that I've been pursuing for 20 years to resigning from that place and, and learning what it was to pick up my tools of the trade as an electrician again and just try to be a single dad. In a matter of like just a couple of days, I'd lost it all. And I go back to Isaiah 51.3, and I prayed it, and I prayed it, and I prayed it, and I prayed it some more, and then I prayed it some more with this promise that, God, you met me and saw me before the ruins came. You saw the southerly buster coming. And you gave me a promise that you're the restorer of ruins. And so all I can do now is just pursue you and not know what the future holds. I was in this desolate kind of lost place, but just with all, all I had was a promise that God said he was the restorer of ruins. And so I pressed into that place. 
And I, and I read it some more and I just read it and prayed it and read it. I love it. It says, the Lord will surely comfort Zion. I like that. I like that God's a God of all comfort, the scripture says. And so I'm like, God, you know, if anyone, some of you know this pain, right? Some of you know the pain of divorce. Some of you know the pain of grief that, that, you know, the words say that, that songs can't soothe. No, no music can comfort. Some of you know that pain. And in that place, you're, you're just saying, you know, you're, you're looking for something and you're saying, you reach out to God like, God, you're the God of all comfort, so come and comfort me in my pain. And, and my prayer to God when I'm in that place goes something like this. God, stop the freaking pain. Right? That's my prayer. And he says, you know, David, actually, you're going to walk through all of this pain. You're going to feel it all. But my promise is that you'll meet my presence in the midst of that. And that, that you'll learn what it is, that, that I'm enough for you, even, even when there's nothing else. And so I pursued him in that place. I could barely pray. All, all I had, I, I had this candle that I saw on my coffee table. And I said, God, I just, I don't feel you. I don't know where you are, but I'm going to light this candle every morning and believe that as this candle burns, that your presence is with me and that you're the restorer of ruins and you'll comfort me in this place. So he met me with his presence. He met me with his people. I met a beautiful brother today, a brother that we've journeyed together with. And I met some men who knew, who knew what this sort of pain was and who taught me to, to not run from the pain, but actually press into this pain and to sit with it until God shows you all that you need to learn from that place. Wow. And so that's what I did. I sat and I waited and I met with the Lord and, and I, I, I kept going back to this scripture, Lord, you're the, you comfort Zion and, and you will look with compassion on all of her ruins. And as I, I looked at this verse and I, I kind of understood back, some of the backstory here, like Israel was in ruins because they'd sinned and rebelled against God and, and they, they hadn't listened to the prophets that had warned them and said, don't go down that road, don't, don't go down there, it's just destruction. But they went down there and they ended up in ruins. And... And in that place, God says, in that place of ruins, even the ruins that you've brought upon yourself, he looks with compassion upon you. I had to wrestle with that. I remember one afternoon just having, having a, a catch-up with a friend and I was in grief and he said, what's going on? And I said, you know, I'm, I'm sure God's punishing me, right? <laughs> and with some language that's more colourful than I can really share here, he said, David, you're, you're a good guy and, and you are probably a good pastor, but your idea about God's pretty messed up right now. And so I had to go back. I'm like, God, can you look with compassion on all of my ruins, even, even the ruins that came through my choices of selfishness? And, and then you sing a song like this morning, Grace and Love Like Mighty Rivers, yeah? Kiss the world with love, guilt, you know. I'm like, that's it. And that's, that's, that's my story. Grace and love like mighty rivers. That's all I had is like, God, your comfort and your compassion would meet me in this place. And somewhere in the midst of that, I'm hanging on to your promise that, that you're going to restore my ruins. And the, and the verse goes on. It says, hey, he's going to, he'll make her deserts like Eden, her wastelands like the garden of the Lord. And I'm like, Hey God, I, I know, I know this desert. My life feels like a wasteland. 
and somehow, God, by your, your power, by your hand, you're going to turn this desert, this wasteland of a life into something that, that marks and you and resembles you and brings glory to you. How are you going to do that? How are you going to do that? Because the, the, the gift and the promise of restoration, that vision from the place of the desert just looks like a million miles away. I've lived in the desert in California. There's not a lot that goes on there, not a lot of gr- things that grow there, just tumbleweeds going down the road. But deserts are good for a few things. Deserts are good at, at they, they kill things well. Yeah, Things don't survive in the desert too long. And when, when we're in the desert in life, our, our prayer kind of goes like this, like, God, get me the heck out of here, right? But God doesn't, he says, yes, I will, but I don't like teletransport you out. That's my prayer. He, he actually leads us through the desert. Because in the midst of the desert, there's a gift for some things to die, some things to let go of. You know, before I resigned as a pastor, I had an office like Kirk. I had, you know, kind of my own private office. I had a personal assistant. I, was, I loved my job and gave, gave it all up and picked up the tools of the trade. And, you know, the, I, my, the first role, the first job that I could get was with a maintenance company and I got assigned to this building in the middle of Sydney to just do kind of maintenance of any description. And the very first assignment that I had on day one was to go up to the men's bathroom and clean out all the dead cockroaches from the light fitting above the toilet. So I'm there on my ladder, pulling down this light shade with dead cockroaches falling on me and thinking, you know, my office with my personal assistant was looking pretty good. And also thinking, God, I'm not sure about your sense of humour, but I'm not finding this really funny at all. But in the midst of that desert place, you know, some things had to die. Had to look at my life and say, hey, I can't, I can't blame my dad. I can't blame my ex-wife. I can't blame the church or whoever it is. I had to come to a place and say, hey, you know what? I, I, I am my problem. And God, I can, you can only deal with me. I can, you know, all my prayers were like, fix her or fix this. But, but God's saying, actually, if you just let go and let some things die in this desert, I'm going to heal you and take you through it, not escape you out of it. You know, we, when, when that happens and when we start to let go, which for me was like a, a five-year journey, we see, that we see the healing come. Because that's what this verse says. It says, he will. He will restore ruins. He will show comfort. He will make your desert like a garden of Eden. He does it. And it's this prayer of, Lord, God, I can't do it, but let it be done unto me. Let your spirit do it unto me because I can't fix this. I can't bring life where there is no life. And when he does that and you go press into that place of pain and that place of wound and as we say in the men's work that the Lord heals it and he redeems it and, and, the, and the wound then becomes a gift. It's like, you know, I praise God for the desert. Don't want to ever go there again. 
encourage you not to ever go there. But the gift and the life that I found in that place, you know, I treasure. The, the, the gift that it can be to other men now, because ironically, you know, that's what I do is, is I, I talk to men about issues of the soul and, 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 not issue, and, and letting go of things of the ego and things of selfishness and learning to be a man that, that gives life away rather than takes life. But I, I could have only learnt that when I had to die in the desert. So journeying through the desert and you're looking, you're looking for the end of the road, you're looking for the vision of like, God, where's your promise? Where's this restoration of ruins that, that you promised me? And, and it says here towards the end, you know, he, he will make her garden like the, the, garden, the wastelands like the garden of the Lord and joy and gladness will be found in her, thanksgiving and a song, a, the sound of singing. You know, it was like a, it was a five year period and I, um, I thought, you know, I'll, I'll never minister again. You know, God, if, if you're done with me, that's, that's more than fine. And, and then I got, I got invited or got called to do some electrical maintenance for a church that I actually grew up in, my home church. And a friend said, Hey, we've got some issues. Can you come and fix it up? And so I'm like, Yeah, I can do that. I can't walk into your church, but I can fix your lights on the outside, you know. And so I was, I was doing these repairs and I met the new pastor there and, he didn't, he kind of knew who I was a little bit and he said, do you mind if I just hang out with you while you do this electrical work? Cause I don't want you to die. I'm like, well, if you, that's fine. I, I've, you know, been electrocuted, but I never die. It's, it, it always ends all right, you know. So we end up talking and he says, uh, and so, so when are you going to start preaching in that again? I said, oh, no, 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 no. I just do this now, you know. I don't, I don't do that. And I'm not sure if I'm ready to have that conversation with God yet. And he's like, okay. And then a month later, they called me back to do some more work and he asked that question again. So when are you going to have that conversation with God? I'm like, all right, I'll have the conversation with God, but that's as far as it's going, you know. And I had that conversation with God. It's like, well, God, if you're not done with me, then I'm, I'm open to listen, you know. Then one afternoon, as I was having those sort of conversations with God, I was walking along the beach at Cronulla. And, you know, on the beach it has like the little gates that you can exit the beach to go up to the car park, yeah? So I came to my gate and um, I went to go up to my car and I felt the Spirit of the Lord just quicken my, my heart to say, hey, just go one more gate. Okay. So I, I walk along, you know, another few hundred meters. And as I walk along, I see this kind of long stick on the driftwood on the sand. And I just pick it up and I start walking with it. And I, I look at it and I feel like the Lord starts to speak to me. And he says, what's that look like? And I said, well, it kind of looks like a staff like Moses would use, you know. He goes, yeah. He goes, what do you know about that? And I said, well, the staff was like the mantle of leadership in the Old Testament. And the Lord says, yeah. I said, so? He says, well, I want to give you a mantle back. 
I'm like, okay. So I put the wood on my roof racks and I took it home and set it at my front door. And just a few days later, get an invitation from a friend. What are you doing with your life? We're looking for someone to come on staff and pastor with us. And I'm like, wow. Okay, surprising. Interesting what God's been saying. And then I start feeling joy and gladness and thanksgiving stirring up in my heart. And I'm like, wow, where did that come from? And I, I start reconnecting with friends in the vineyard and, and thinking, God, do you, do you have anything back there for me? And so I took an invitation to come to a conference a few years ago and said, Lord, I don't know what you have for me here, but, but if you have anything, I'm open to it. And so we turned up, we drove from... Um, we drove from the central coast of Sydney up to Caloundra, not knowing how long it took, you know. And I think we were at, um, we were at Tenerfield at like three o'clock in the afternoon or something. Oh, and, and we finally got here just as the meeting was started at like 7.30. And we, yeah, did, had no idea how far it was. But we, we get there, we get in right at kind of just as worship was finishing and, and then Kirk got up and and he said, you know, a few years ago, the Lord gave the vineyard this promise, this prophetic word when we were meeting in Alice Springs in 2008, 7, 2007. He gave the, the Lord gave the vineyard this prophetic word back in, in, in the Alice Springs in 2007. And I can't even remember what the word was now, but I remember this, that that was the last vineyard conference that I went to as a vineyard pastor. And, and as, as Kirk shared that, the Lord spoke to me and says, I've brought you home. I've taken you full circle. And now you're home. And I'm like, wow. Wow, God, how good are you? You know, there's, there's lots more to be written in this story. Like, it's not all restored. It's not like it's, it's a work in progress. But, but his word is true. You know, in the midst of that, I, uh, I, I got connected with an old friend who, She'd been going through a similar story to mine. And, and so I said, hey, I've, I'm a little bit ahead of you on this journey and I kind of know the people to talk to and I, I know the things to read and, and uh, if, you know, I'd love to help you. And so I connected her with some resources and then we just started talking about, hey, how are you going with that, you know? And we just started talking and, and we started talking, you know? And then... Like, hey, uh, maybe a movie's a good idea just for company, you know. And company turned into company. And the Lord's promise was he's the restorer of ruins. I, I have a photo. Could we, could we share this photo from a, a year or two ago? Nearly, like, nearly four years now. Here's a photo. Oh. Just hold that photo there for a second, right? So that's my bride. And that's Sydney Harbour behind her. And we're in this garden that overlooks Sydney Harbour. It's beautifully manicured. And there's like, there's ponds with carp and a bridge that you walk over and this beautiful grass and these flowers. And our, and our pastor Ron is speaking to us from Isaiah 51.3 that God is the God, the restorer of ruins. And we are standing in the garden of the Lord. Can we go to the next photo, please? 
And this is me as the captain of all men who are punching above their weight. The Lord will surely comfort Zion and will look with compassion on all of her ruins. He'll make her deserts like Eden, her wastelands like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her thanksgiving and the sound of singing. No, he will comfort you in your place. He will look with compassion upon your ruins and he will take you through the desert and he will restore your life to make it fruitful and joyful and lifeful again because that's not history, that's who he is. He is the restorer of ruins. Amen. Can we stand together pray? I'm not sure where your story's at. You know, maybe... Maybe you're in, in calm seas and you're in, enjoying smooth sailing. You know, God bless you in that place. Or maybe you feel the humidity rising or, you know, maybe the southerlies on the horizon. I don't know, but I know this, God wants to meet you. And he wants to speak into your life. He wants to, to, to journey with you to a place of fullness. He wants you to know what it is for for love and grace to flow mightily on you like a river. That he brings you compassion and not guilt. And he is the restorer of ruins. Can we just welcome the Holy Spirit and whatever place that is for you, just welcome God to come and meet you. Father God, we, we welcome you and I want to thank you for your promise of who you are, that, that you are not the God of history, but you are the God of the present. And that you're the God that meets us in our, in our circumstances, in our brokenness, and you bring us life. And Lord, I, I pray that right now by your Holy Spirit, that you would flow grace and love like a mighty river upon our hearts and our lives, upon our relationships, upon our families, upon our children, our parenting. Lord, upon our direction in life and our, our choices, upon our singleness, Lord, about trying to honour you with our lives and our bodies and, our, and, and just in who we are. Lord, that you would show us grace and love like a river. Let, let, help us, God, the grace to let go of what's not bringing life and the deception that it actually is life, that we would know what the life that you has for, have for us, God. So we welcome you, Lord. Come and do your work. Yeah.